Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we are back, yo. Another week, another episode of the Core Report, man. You know, we're back in our groove, man. This is this is our daily work here. This is what we do. Uncle Mighty in the building. Yes, sir. You know what time it is, man. Look, Core Report getting started for the Monday, June 21st. So many headlines. I hope everybody had a great weekend. The weekend was definitely nice to me, you know what I'm saying? Got to go down, man. Had a whole well-rounded experience from protesting to grilling lobster tails, you know what I mean? Just living, enjoying the family, man, doing what we got to do out here, brothers and sisters. And there was a lot of shenanigans that took place over the case over the weekend, too. And, uh, you know, we got to get to it, man. Today's headlines, man, we got everything from the Tulsa rally shenanigans, total shit show there. Oh, man, COVID, of course, is now back in its rightful place as the number one story in the country because it is the number one story in the world, and we are handling it the worst of any country. We'll get into the details. We'll tell you how this whole thing looks, man. Protest action has not stopped. Protest action has not stopped. Police have not also stopped brutalizing people at protests. We'll get into all of that a little bit, man. We got all of that about how they're surveilling them, how they're covering them, craziness. You know, I got my statues. Oh, man. This uh, Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, uh, once known as this CHAZ, now it's known as this Capitol Hill Occupied Protest, now it's known as the CHOP. Craziness going on in there over the weekend, man, and everything else. Election primaries, all types of stuff. Headlines, man, let's get right on to it. 45 had a party this weekend. It did not work out. This guy had a rally, as we've been talking about all last week, at the Bank of Oklahoma Center, which holds 19,000 people. He allowed some dumbass teenagers and trolls, which, I mean, how obvious was this? This is like how you know that the people that are in charge aren't smart at all. Once you moved 100,000 tickets to something like that, knowing that you're watching TV, you're seeing the deep division in the country. The place only holds 19,000 people. What the fuck makes you think that there are really 100,000 people that are interested in this bullshit? You should have known you were being trolled then. To get to let it get to a million, to actually spend money based on a plan to have over 40,000 people in an overflow space just shows you the deep level of idiocy that this campaign is dealing with. That's dumb shit. I've thrown parties for decades, fam. I know that if 100 people RSVP, I'll be glad if 35 people show up. You know what I'm saying? And then the rest is going to be some randoms because you know how it's going to work out. It's just like that. You're not going for these percentages. Anybody who's ever planned an event knows that. The campaign manager is now trying to eat shit. And not only that, during this poorly attended rally, like I said, the facility holds 19,000. Their estimated attendance, according to the Tulsa Fire Marshal, was 6.2 thousand. 6,200. Hilarity. Get out of here, fam. What would make you think that there was 20,000 people that wanted to hear that brand of shit in the middle of a pandemic? What would make you think that there are 20,000 people who are intelligent, voting Americans in the vicinity of Tulsa, Oklahoma? This ain't Los Angeles. This ain't Chicago. This ain't you know, even Charlotte, North Carolina. We talk about Tulsa, Oklahoma. How much people are possibly around there that could even make you have believe these projections? Anyway, we're not going to waste too much time with that. That was fucking stupid. 
By the way, though, you should know that he's planning to repeat that again. They're going to have a rally on Tuesday in Arizona. Arizona is also experiencing one of the more violent spikes in coronavirus across the country. Leads me to my next topic, COVID. COVID-19 worldwide, 183,000 new cases were reported on Sunday. Let me say that again. 183,000 new cases of coronavirus were reported on Sunday. That is worldwide. That's the biggest increase since we have been keeping numbers on this pandemic. Second wave, whatever you want to call it, is here. It's, it, it has arrived. 18 states right now are experiencing surges. Young people under 37 years old are now starting to be more heavily affected by this thing. The U.S. has 2.25 million cases, 120,000 deaths. We have 4% of the U.S. global population. We're not dealing with this very well. We are not handling this well at all. There were 4,506 new cases alone in California. I'm giving you all these numbers because I need you to understand that these are like real people. And not only these are real people, but this is like real society that we got to deal with. We got to move around. We have to move around with people. So if there are these many people affected by this virus, don't think that you can't become one of them. Yo, my wife was in Houston. Her family, her brother and his whole entire family had tested positive, tested positive for COVID. Someone, some had the antibodies. Only one of them, thankfully, got a little bit ill, and they were all quarantined to themselves because they don't live like in the city. They live a little bit outside of the city. But this is real. Like the people get sick, yo. Know? You know what I'm saying? And some people, especially a lot of those people who attended that rally on Sunday, they do not look like they can withstand the battle with coronavirus. I'm sorry, that is not the healthiest looking crew. That crew was looking like they were all very susceptible to COVID-19, and they all chose to expose themselves in that way. Florida and Texas, of course, in typical Republican, conservative, turn-a-blind-eye fashion, have blamed it on testing. And a lot of people blame it on the most one of the most vulnerable and most essential populations in this whole thing, migrant workers. Imagine blaming the niggas that pick the vegetables and the fruits and the food that you eat, that you are at the grocery store ready to kill for. You're at the grocery store ready to fight somebody because you can't walk in the grocery store without a mask. And the people who are picking the things that you are about to go buy are dying at a very rapid rate. Can't, the, the American cognitive dissonance doesn't allow people to put those two things together, how absurd all of this shit is. And like I said... Within all of that, within all of that, protests still continue. People still continue to protest on both sides of the issue. There's people gathering, still pushing for states to reopen. There's people gathering, still pushing for social justice. You know what I'm saying? And all of that, China, which doesn't tolerate any protesting, we already know how they get down. See, Hong Kong has suspended chicken imports from Tyson's. China's like, yeah, we're, we're cool on any chicken from America, especially the company Tyson's, due to the overwhelming amount of employees of Tyson's. It's now at 200, I believe, 219 who have died from coronavirus. 
And like I said, protests are still cracking though, man. This Sunday, this Sunday was cool, man. Like I said, this Sunday was Father's Day. It was awesome. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm happy with the news, but then, you know, I, I live life too. I have good times and shit. You know what I'm saying? So we went down, me and my son, we found ourselves down Black Lives Matter Plaza. We were just, you know, we was parking close by, so we stopped by. We got out, we walked around. They turned it into more or less of, it's like a flea market right now, to be quite honest. The traffic is blocked off. It's National Guard literally at the head of where they blocked off the traffic, just holding it down. And the people that are there, for the most part, there's people playing music. The guy that down there selling all the bean pies, you know what I'm saying? That everybody got a Black Lives Matter t-shirt, a Black Lives Matter mask, or something for you to sell. In typical black people fashion, we're going to try to get us a buck off of all of this. One thing I saw when I was down there, we were on our way up. The skateboarders came. Push for freedom. It was at least 500, 400, 500 skateboarders that came down 16th Street, bombed it all the way straight to the White House. And we just happened to be walking up while they were coming down. And it was just great to see all different ethnicities, all different types of, you know, saying ages. You know, it was just great to see. So I know that that spirit and that movement of showing up and occupying that space is still there. People still want to do that. People still want that type of action. In New York City, they had over 10,000 bikers. They went from uh, Manhattan to Brooklyn, or from, vice versa, should I say, from Brooklyn to Manhattan. Held down all the streets, clogged up all the traffic, taking space, trying to just get this message that we're relaying or that we've been relaying for the last 400 years out here in a more, you know, prevalent way for the people to digest so the companies can, you know, do regular basic shit like try to hire more black people, maybe. You know what I'm saying? Because right now they're just making statements and they're donating lots of money to organizations that we're not quite sure how they're going to get that money, guys. But whatever, guys, whatever makes you sleep better at night, it's important to keep the focus, keep your eyes on the prize, man, because people are still dying. People are still falling victim to the system. In California, 18-year-old young man was shot. He's a security guard. He was shot at his job. He wasn't even armed. The police shot this man as he ran away, you know what I'm saying, working security. You can't. It's, it's just not safe, man. It's protests are currently being organized and happening in Compton, Compton, California. But, you know, through all of this crazy shit, again, one of my favorite things, these monuments. I love to see these statues fall. I've been, I've been, I've been glad that I've had statue news to report so many episodes of this show. It's, it's like this is great. Every, if every time I do this show, another two or three statues fall, I will begin to feel good about the direction that this entire thing is going in. So in North Carolina, the Confederate statue, a Confederate monument, was toppled in Raleigh, North Carolina, over the weekend. Over the weekend, also, I believe this was Friday night or Saturday, one of the two, Albert Pike in D.C. came down. I wasn't even aware of this. Like, I wasn't even aware of the fact that we had a Confederate statue in D.C. And now that I think about it, the irony of where it was, which was right down by the courthouse, which was where niggas do not get any justice. Yeah, they might have named the courthouse after Carl Moultrie. I don't know who Carl Moultrie is. But to have these statues in that close proximity, it still communicates a message. So I'm glad. I love to hear that. San Francisco, Francis Scott Key statue came down, which is interesting because Francis Scott Key is kind of like 
one of the catalysts to this whole thing. Of course, Francis Scott Key wrote the Star Spangled Banner. Uh, he's one of the catalysts to this whole thing. People protesting that song. People protesting the unfurling of the American flag to this song, which lyrics are very disparaging to a lot of us who are underneath the boot of the American dream, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? They also tore down a statue of a priest named Junipero Spetta. And this guy, so a lot of people want to cry and say, yo, the conservatives, they're taking it too far to tear down fucking statues of a priest. Like, this is crazy. No. Yo, this man ran a whole re-education camp. He tortured and enslaved people in the name of Catholicism. And we all know what the Catholic Church is up to, so none of this is a reach. Ulysses S. Grant, his statue came down. Ulysses S. Grant was a general for the United States Union Army. Yes, he did fight on the side that wanted to see the liberation of the slaves. Ulysses Grant also owned a slave, like a slave. He had one slave, which is even crazier to me. Because, like, yo, I mean, at least a nigga who had a whole bunch of slaves, he could say, yo, they, they work for me, you know what I'm saying? They work on my farm. This nigga had a slave and was like, yo, this is my guy, you know, he he does whatever I tell him to do because he's my slave. And that's that. And they call that uh, a milder form of slavery. They say that he got a lot. Of, he And then the argument is he let the guy go. You know, like he, he emancipated him, I guess, before emancipation. You know, okay. Way to, way to go, Ulysses S. Grant. Get the fuck out of here. Get his statue down too. We got, it, it kind of strikes me as odd that you can't get a statue in America without being some form of white supremacist. I don't see, I don't see, point me to the statues that aren't white guys and tell me how those guys in any way, shape or form had any big, you know, push for social equity. Not a lot. I can't even tell, the Lincoln Memorial, bro, we know why Lincoln freed the slaves. We all understand that. That was a, a wartime decision. That was an economic decision. There was a lot of political pressure to do that. That was not some altruistic shit that Abraham Lincoln woke up and decided to do on his own that deserves for him to have a 60-foot statue, but whatever. You feel what I'm saying? Like, this is all the symbolism that we get. I got to do a correction, too. When I talked about the Redskins Memorial, I misquoted the guy's name. His name is George Preston Marshall. He's the piece of shit who was determined to make sure that the Redskins were the last team in the NFL to get a black player. That, on the lowest of keys, that's why so many black people in D.C. like the Cowboys. Because the Redskins were the last team to get a black player, and the Cowboys was the first. And when the Redskins did get a black player, his name was Bobby Mitchell, they treated Bobby Mitchell like shit. Don't forget, the Redskins fan base is racist America. Before it was the Tennessee Titans, who the fuck was the team out there? The Redskins. Before it was Carolina Panthers, who was the fucking team down there? The Redskins, all right? It wasn't no teams from between here to Atlanta, all right? So you got to realize this: these, you know, these monuments, these memorials to racism and racists, they run deep. All of that shit, like, really means something. And if you don't pay attention to what it means, you can actually allow yourself to constantly be subjugated by this without even knowing that you are being subjugated by these people. You think they're good people. Shit, he got a monument. He must be all right. He must be cool. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's nuts, man. You know what I'm saying? Again, all this is going on 
I love it. I love to see statues come down. The importance of it is not lost on me. The symbolism is not lost on me. Breonna Taylor, though, you know, the officer in, in her killing, one of the officers, I believe there's at least four who fired shots. I'm not sure. Four involved officers. But there's one of the officers, and he's allegedly the one who did most of the shooting, Hankinson. He's been fired today by Louisville Police Department, which apparently was a long time coming because this guy has multiple sexual assault accusations on him. According to the Louisville Police Department, according to court records, excuse me, he has been accused of sexually assaulting young women after offering them rides home in his squad car. Bro, out of control. Doesn't so I mean, they probably fired him because they put should have been fired him. He's a piece of shit. And he's a detective. Don't get that twisted. He's not just an officer on the, on the street, which has a certain amount of power and a certain amount of latitude. He's a detective, which takes it up even another notch. Those are people who really, really, you know, do leans on people. They actually use tactics to break witnesses down, to you know, hunt out cooperators, you know what I'm saying, to set up stings and operations to snatch up people. That's what he does. So you already know he had no business making the mistake of entering the wrong house during a no-knock warrant, which is now, thank God, if there's anything that came out of this, we put light on how that shit needs to be illegal. Those are kick those. Like, the police come into those things just understanding that they better armed and they moving faster than anybody else. Because, man, I used to live on the block on in Northeast over by Hector Jamal, and they was executing no-knock warrants every morning at 6 o'clock. Boom! Somebody door coming off on the block. Knock that joint off, snatch whoever they snatched up out of there. They'd be off the block by 7.30 before the kids start coming out to go to school. That's how, you know, no-knock warrants are done and executed. But, you know what I'm saying? Thanks to the wife, yes. Slow progress is still progress. You know what I'm saying? We just got to keep on pushing. And they also fight it in every way, shape, or form. The Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, like I said, the Chaz, the CHOP, whatever you want to call it now. All of a sudden, it went from peaceful protest to bedlam. It's two people that have been shot in the last two days in this autonomous zone, in this particular protected area Seattle. And it's no suspects. The cops are saying that it's too violent for them to get in there and get the person. They're scared to do that. And I'm just trying to figure out who do they think is stupid. Like, that's that just doesn't make sense. That's not an intelligent storyline. That, that, that doesn't make sense. What are they shooting people for? What is, where's the beef? And if there is no – where did the suspect go? If the suspect did this in the autonomous zone – and they weren't able to be identified there, then they're obviously now outside of it. So, you know, they have to be on the police radar in some way, shape, or form. It all doesn't make sense. It doesn't make the police's case for not defunding them look good. Put it like that. That shit looks silly and ugly. And, you know, again, a lot of these things, these symbols, these, you know, these moments, you it's, it looks like one thing, it sounds like one thing, but the reality of it is something entirely different. And the reality of the... Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone could perhaps be a lot more dangerous and rugged than we, on whatever side of the issue we're on, believe. However, what's not real is that this is some type of, you know, wild, violent zone 
that needs to be controlled by military force or something like that. And that's what incidents like this are attempting to make the case for. You know what I mean? I told y'all earlier on the show, man, I, I was rocking with NASCAR a little bit. You know, I've been to a NASCAR race. It had an effect on me. I worked with a guy, a black guy, loved NASCAR to the core. I could not understand it. This man loved NASCAR and really explained it to me in a way that got me to, if not love it, at least understand it from some angle where I was like, oh, yeah, that shit is pretty cool. That's pretty tight. You know what I'm saying? And I always, you know, being a little bit of a gearhead, yeah, it's tight to see cars go fast. Anyway, we got one driver, one black driver in the elite series of this. Somebody once mentioned this to me, too. NASCAR is the sport of criminals. Remember that. It would not be NASCAR if Southern bootleggers had not had the necessity to soup up their cars so that they could beat the shit out of the state troopers when they was run-rumming. You know what I'm saying? When they was bootlegging, when they was moving whiskey and all that shit. All it, do the Googles. That's how NASCAR started, okay? And this is about just some good old boy law-breaking, ha-ha-ha, fun-fun shit, right? Never meant for black people to get involved in that. Because if we ever were, we would dog that shit. You know what I'm saying? That's just, this is all facts. We would dog that. So they don't want no smoke with us behind those wheels. Either way, moving on and sideways, Bubba Wallace has broken the, the barrier. And I'm sure that wasn't uh, easy for him because being a black man in that particular world is tough, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's broken that barrier. He's on the elite, on the top. Uh, circuit of NASCAR drivers. You know, you up there with Kevin Harvick, Rusty Wallace, all of those gangsters. Man, they put a noose in that man locker. After all of this shit, after all the little NASCAR, you know, we believe in, we stand in solidarity, yak, 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 blah, blah, blah. They put a noose in that man locker. You know, at Talladega. Where's Talladega? Florida. Don't ever get Florida fucked up, all right? Florida's not, there's, there's not a new world. There's no revolution happening out there. Down there. Them people going to fight. They going to go down with the ship with that bullshit. So in Talladega, Florida, buddy, let you know who you are. Now, as a result of that, and I just saw this on the news right before I started the show, NASCAR drivers, big show of solidarity. Literally all of the drivers and their teams and their crew, which is, I promise you, 99.9% white dudes got out there and pushed this man car and walked behind this man car to the front line of the race. That was dope. It was great to see. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, I want to see people make progress in that direction. I want to see people move in the direction of not being so fucking trash to each other. Like, let's just... It doesn't make sense. Because here's the thing. There probably was a time when somebody put that noose in that locker that they were going to try to snatch that man up and hang that man at some point in time. Yo, it's 2020, and nobody's doing that. Because if you if you really think you're about to hang somebody, and if you think you're about to get away with it in 2020, and you brave enough to stand on it, this, that's not going to work out. This ain't this ain't 1920. This this ain't that. You know what I'm saying? It's too much social media. It's too much. It's it's too much capabilities out here for people to visit some consequences on the people who perpetrate this kind of violence. And the people who perpetrate this kind of violence, to be honest, they want to stay in the shadows. They do this kind of stuff. They do this kind of stuff so that they can hold people down, so they can scare people into not outing them because they think that this is what people are aware of that will happen to them if they out these racists. 
You know what I'm saying? If they if they put these racists on blast, if they put these people on front street. Got L in the building for the core report. I see you. Yes, yes. So if they put these people on blast, if they put these people on front street, a lot of people used to be frightened that they would be revisited by these these consequences, that these hangings or lynchings and so on and so forth will happen to them. And to be honest, in a lot of places they do. A lot of those kids from Ferguson, if they weren't hung by ropes, they were legally lynched. A lot of those kids who allegedly committed suicide over the last six days, no, they were lynched. All you got to do is look a little bit deeper into the story. They just did a story recently talking about talking about the um, the amount of lynchings that's been attributed to this country between Reconstruction and 1920 is actually a couple thousand short. Pardon me, 1950. A couple of thousand short. There's a whole entire museum dedicated to this in Alabama. There's a whole museum. You can definitely do the research. They're saying that they're about 2,000 short on that number. So again, these are scare tactics. These are things that are meant to frighten the populace. But I don't think it works like that anymore. I think that there's a lot more frightening things happening, and a lot of people aren't paying attention to that. Uh, one of the things that I mentioned this in the beginning here, man, the surveillance tactics that were being used during the protest in um, the past few weeks, uh, the first week of the George Floyd protest, out of control, man. The FBI actually, pardon me, the FBI and the Air Force have reported that they have over 250 hours of video surveillance. Over several cities, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Washington, D.C., New York City, Los Angeles, California, they have all this, they have all of this for surveillance. There were several ground units working at the same time. These are the things you need to be concerned about, folks. That's the shit that's scary. You know what I'm saying? Like the symbolism of people hanging nooses, yes, I'm, I'm worried about that too. But at the same point in time, when I see that the Air Force is actually using U.S. taxpayer dollars to fly drones over, quote-unquote, peaceful protests. And they are peaceful protests. I mean, you know what I'm saying? There were over 15 cities. Let me get this 100% correct. 15 cities. This operation was helmed by U.S. Customs and Border Patrol. All right? So just watch your borders start to shrink. Your world shrinks. You know what I'm saying? Because what's a border? A border is an arbitrary line made up. There's no line in between U.S. and Canada, for real. It's where we say it is. You know what I mean? That's That only exists politically. That only exists in our minds. But at the same time, they are being protected and controlled by force. Real force. So just think about the borders that have been imposed on you. The borders that you have to live within. The borders that you're confined to. You know? It's just something that make you think how important it is to break free. How important it is to just be free, yo. It's important, important, important to be free. You know what I mean? Speaking of freedom, the most important freedom that we in America believe that we have this indelible right to uh, exercise is the right to vote. We are all are born and we think that, you know, we're American citizens. We should be able to vote. Yeah, a lot, as I said, one more time for Carol Anderson, incredible stories of disenfranchisement and just the violence that took place both politically, you know, economically and physically to people who wanted to vote in the early goings of it. Now, that legacy of violence continues with one of the most egregious acts I've ever seen. 
I never seen no shit like that. Kentucky, the state of Kentucky, shout out to my homegirl Tara, shout out to my homegirl Renee, shout out to everybody else I know that ever been through or that's from Kentucky. Those are my peoples that I know got that Kentucky connection. The state of Kentucky in the 2018 election had 3,700 polling places. In this election, that's happening tomorrow, Tuesday, tomorrow, Tuesday. They have been reduced to 200. 200. We went from 3,700 to 200. 200 polling places. Let me tell you what's at stake here and why Kentucky, of all the places that I really don't care about, that's no diss to Louisville and none of that, Louisville. And you know, I know they say it right, Dale did. But I just never thought that that would be on my political radar in any way. But the Senate Majority Leader, Mitch McConnell, who, again, I'm telling y'all, the president is cool, but the Senate Majority Leader, the House Minority Leader, all these people, those people got real power. They had their offices for 30 years. The president can have his for eight tops, all right? And as we've seen in our lifetime, the president, people have come up from nothing to be the president. But Obama was barely a senator for a few years. And you know what I'm saying? George H.W. Bush was a governor like two terms. Yo, we've seen people come from nothing to be the president. You don't come from nothing to be the Senate majority leader. You have to have a stranglehold on where you come from politically. Mitch McConnell has had a stranglehold on where he comes from politically. He is facing an extremely strong challenger, a young black man in Kentucky who's going to take that seat if he's allowed to, if the election turns out to be fair, which it doesn't look like it's going to be. Jefferson County in Kentucky has 600,000 registered voters in it. In Jefferson County, there's 600,000 registered voters. Half of black Kentucky lives in Jefferson County. It's the city that contains Louisville. They have one polling place. One. They have one. They have one. Did Stacey Abrams actually say that, love? She said it's worse than Georgia? But yeah, Monroe Project, my wife says this is worse than Georgia. This is worse than Georgia. Listen, this is what happened to us up here, y'all. Let me tell you something also. Virginia has a primary tomorrow as well. Pay attention to what happens out there. You know what I'm saying? Pay attention to the Warner race. Pay attention. Because they keep on telling us that our way out of this is political, but I don't see it. Like, they pulled this move and the election is tomorrow. The election is tomorrow, yo. Things is changing, man. Times is changing. It's all important, man, to stay on your pivot. Stay on your swivel out here, man. Everything is changing. I don't, I don't understand how we cannot be aware of how badly, it, how deeply important it is to exercise every right that they go out of their way to make sure we don't have. Like, if voting wasn't important, then they wouldn't wild out and make sure we couldn't vote like this. You know what I'm saying? If it wasn't important, if, if political representation in this system did not have, you know, the importance that it did, they would not be so hell-bent on us not having it. You know what I'm saying? Right. The Supreme Court acted like we didn't need the Voting Rights Act. There are several people right now in Congress who have said that those that act is archaic. We don't need that anymore. You know what I'm saying? We passed those days. We passed those times. And what happened is, for real, for real, in a way, they are right. They're not turning sheriffs and dogs and shit on us 
in the streets anymore. They're shutting down polling places. Even more impermeable actions. Even more difficult to surmount. It was definitely difficult to surmount police physically beating on you when you want to go to the polling place. But how you beat when they close the joint? How, how do you do that? You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and on the day before the election, it's really crazy. This is why I'm saying like this thing is headed for some real collapse, man. You know how I know society is collapsing, y'all? Because I got the worst news when I had when I saw this, man. Fucking 18th Street Lounge is closing permanently. ESL, 18th Street Lounge on the corner of 18th and Connecticut. Spot we've been hitting for years, man. Literally had some of the best times. Three rooms, man, going at one time. Three different sounds. Three different entire vibes. House music on the back deck. Reggae on the middle with the library joy. Salsa, you got the live band, man. I mean, the upstairs rooms, the back bars. Bro, man, 18th Street Lounge was a vibe. 18th Street Lounge is forever a memory. The owner, uh, Fareed, he's basically saying that, you know, they're not willing to wait out coronavirus, man. This shit don't even, it, it doesn't make sense for them economically. The landlords of that particular space are definitely not interested in negotiating. They want their bread. They don't care about the cultural institutionness of it. They, they try to get them out of there. It's right on Connecticut Avenue. They will and can have a corporate client in there immediately. As y'all see, Chick-fil-A right next door. So it's not a joke. That used to be the Ethiopian club. That's Chick-fil-A now. You know what I'm saying? The, um, what was the other? The brew house. Yeah, that's something else now. That's Nando's. It's, I mean, you know, everything's going corporate. Everything's changing, man. You know what I mean? And we got to find out where we fit in all of that because this this whole entire movement is going crazy, man. Yo, I got my brother on the line. I got Mighty in the house, man, from NYC, man. We got to really break down something. I got a couple of questions, core questions I got to ask about what's popping in New York because it's popping in D.C. too. And I got to ask, you know, like, where do we even go from here? Yo, everything's different. Everything's different, man. You know what I'm saying? None, none of this, nothing, nothing was the same, man. That's why I call this joint fireworks, man, because nothing was the same at this point. Oh, hold on. Let me flip it and reverse it. Boom. Yo. Yo, what up, man? What up, what up, what up, family, man? Yo, we got through the headlines, I man. I got enough juice. Huh? What's happening, people? Hey, hey, hey. Uncle Mighty in the house. Mighty's Mars, yeah, NYC. Sir. We out here, man. Sure. You know what I'm saying? What's yeah, the deal, man. man? Hey, look. First and foremost, family, what's really good with these fireworks in, in our urban centers right now, man? The so you're getting that out there, too. This shit is all night. Listen. Here. What? PC is. Yo, I have never heard this much fireworks this early in DC in my life, man. This shit is bananas. And look, I've been seeing a lot of stuff on the news or on the Twitters about how in NYC the cops are putting a lot of that, you know, energy in the air. Like they blowing off fireworks behind police precincts, all type of, you, man, know, you know. I live across the street from the precinct. Man, that they, shit is crazy. You live, so, you right. You do world, live across the street. Boom, boom. I mean, it's it's so it's so much fireworks 
that I was saying to myself, damn, like, what the fuck? And this was going back for a couple of weeks. I mean, yeah. I mean, for going on for a long time. I'm like, yo, so there's a school I, of, I so look, there's never, a school of thought like that. that's saying this is like psychological ops. That's saying like, this is a, a early desensitizing tactic to make people feel like, yo, they're getting used to gunshots and warfare and, you know, all of this chaos in their world right now because that's what's coming. There's a school of thought right. that's suggesting that, man. What do you think about that? Hey, Ivory Wellness, I know I know you was going there, Rick. I know you was going there. So go ahead. Talk to me, guys. Nah, you know what? I agree with you. This is definitely psychological ops. Um, that's the first thing I saw. I said, damn, they keep repeating this motherfucker with the knee on the neck. They keep showing that shit. They try damn. to instill the fear. That's always been a tactic. Like, you know, going back to the plantation times, you know, uh, Whoop. Uh, yep. In order to instill fear, the others, you know, you can hang somebody in public lynching, right? And, and that's what that I usually do. So that's what that was, and and um, you know, for them to keep playing it, keep playing it, and then you know, I'm suspicious of that whole BLM shit because, like, I was talking. Crab, about, I said that like, the other day when I was at the protest with my son. Who 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 spray paints BLM? Matter. Nah, a white racist. Like, exactly. Who's who does that? Well, so, um, <laughs> yeah, so that's real interesting too, man. I haven't had a lot to say about it because I didn't know exactly what it is I wanted to say. Nah, so, yo, I'm, that's that's why that's why this forum is important. You. To be honest, that's why I like to do this every day because yo, every day I work. I said that's why this forum is important. To be honest, and that's why I like to do this every day because every day, according to the information that I receive, my understanding of the situation grows and develops and it's certain things that keep on happening and in and you know in coincidence and things keep on happening in concert with each other that just don't make sense to me i'm just trying to understand how in the middle of the biggest civil rights unrest in, in history my bad and in, in, in the middle of this big civil unrest we got weapons grade explosives going off every night in the hood we got weapons-grade explosives going off every night in our hood in the middle of, quote-unquote, civil unrest, a pandemic. How is this happening, fam? I used to buy a lot of that shit. That shit costs money. I don't really got money in the hood to be blowing that shit off in the air every night. And I'm, I've heard it's been super crazy in New York, but it's so crazy in D.C. you couldn't even imagine. I was on the south side with my man. He just got a, he had they a baby. They blowing it up out there, too? They, yo, they blowing it up, family. Like, my man got a baby. He just had a baby five days ago. He lived on the south side. I feel sorry for him. It's crazy. It's out of control, man. It's like, again, what are, what's the science behind that? What do you feel like is the mental effect? You, you deal with the physical repercussions of external stress and shit a lot. And, you know, just understanding the body, understanding what you put in your body, et cetera, et cetera. What's the real what what's the real fallout of this, man? What do you think is happening well, to us right now? Um, <laughs> you know, you trigger you you triggering the, the the stress the, the the stress response within the body. Mm-hmm. And if you can keep that, that the human body is not meant to have that for a prolonged period of time. So, you know, they got you fucking on edge, nervous. It was fucking the whole Bible. And we're, so, like you said, we can't get in concert. We can't find our rhythm mm-hmm. because motherfuckers, you know, be blowing up shit. We don't know which way to fucking go. <laughs> we don't even know which way. We're confused they, they, every day, yeah, man. Motherfuckers are looting. 
and and you know some people come outside, other people don't give a fuck. Some people Word. don't come Yo, outside. You NYC, you y'all went. We we both both our cities entered phase two today allegedly. You know what I'm saying? So that, you outside? You back outside with it? Nail salons? Nah, I'm not getting a haircut. Well, you know what? Actually, on the level, I got a haircut the other day. See, you knock three times on the door. He said, "Nah, we working." Like, you back outside? You outside? He said, "Yeah." Hey, listen, man. But uh, you know, it's about uh, the your immune system keeping that strong. You know, right. because we've always been exposed to foreign uh, germs and and whatever. So Fact. you know, it depends on how strong your system is. It's time to take focus. And be focused on that right. as well. Right. So they're trying to trying to keep us off balance. What I did the knowledge to was like, you know what, man? I mean, in your particular position, I understand. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to watch too much fucking news. Mm-hmm. Don't watch too much of that shit, man. Agree. Yo, you know this shit is not the shit that I do is not for everybody. Trust That's me. What I, I'm totally aware of it. It's, this is not for everybody, yo. Because at the end of the day, this is sensory overload. And that's what I'm saying. Like, what, what, what is the real physical fallout of that? What are some of the physical symptoms that you feel when you're dealing with that physical overload of that stress trigger being, you know, hit? Like, yo, you know, it's always been about balance. So that's psychoneuroimmunology, right? So mm-hmm. if your mind not right, if your thoughts are not right, your body's breaking down, and there's no way, you know, you can really be in a state of homeostasis, mm-hmm. you know. And optimal health mm-hmm. if fucking constantly under fucking stress. And that's been the problem, you know, that we face for as longer than I can remember. Yo, my whole girl Reese talk about cortisol flood. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like that stress hormone. Yeah. And you know, that that's another way to just feminize black folks. And Power said, yo, he had to leave Harlem, couldn't deal. Yo, that's some real Fab said he had to leave Harlem. Couldn't deal. Couldn't uh, empower somebody on the feed. You know what I'm saying? Just talk about you know how it is, man. Like, really, I, I feel like, again, a community being attacked from all sides, yo. Like, for real. Think about how much people around us got PTSD and shit. How much gunshots we done heard and felt and dealt with through our whole, you know, history. Like, that's crazy, fam. Like, this is, again, psychological warfare, man. You know what I mean? So Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's real interesting, though, because they're controlling, uh, you know, I do watch the news. I try to limit my, you know, the time I watch it, but my consumption. But I will say this. They're not really talking about these lynchings. No. On, on TV, man. Listen, there's a like, lot. There's so rainbow. much. That, the things that they don't talk about is what I really would... I try to fill my show with because, yo, they haven't talked about these lynchings. They are still, people are still having protests, active, active protests in places like Bethel, Ohio, and, you know, Charleston, North Carolina, and and the police are beating their asses. People are still going to jail. They're still, you know what I'm saying, protesters being brutalized. None of that's on TV anymore. None of that because it's not sexy. There's no fires. There's no... Yo, one of the main things that happened in the beginning of the protest that let me know this was about to be a shit show, when they allegedly attacked CNN, I was like, the more I think about that, the more angry I get. They they, Like, the protesters fake attacked CNN. And I'm thinking to myself... They they attacked the CNN headquarters? Yeah, in Atlanta. 
Right? What's the point of that? What are we doing here? Like, they tried to bet. I said, man, this looked like they went to hire some crisis actors. Bro, this whole thing is shenanigans, man. It's just a fucking charade, huh? A charade, man. We live in a stupid, stupid place, man. Yo, like I said, how you feel about repatriation? <laughs> How you feeling about this, man? Like, for real. Repatriation. What you talking about? The stimulus check? No, I'm talking about getting the fuck out of America and repatriating to a country that we feel like appreciates us. Or do you feel like you want to go down with the ship and fight for America? You know what I'm saying? Oh, guess what? I'm definitely not fighting for America, man. All right. You know what I'm saying? In fact... Only fight I, I'm in is is the is the you know it's always the internal Armageddon is my mm-hmm. internal peace. I'm not fighting none of these motherfuckers unless you come in this 360. Um, I can't really protect everybody, so I see myself as a watcher, mm-hmm. and I'll know what to do when it's time to do it. Hey, I, really like that. I, I respect that because yo, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm I'm more moving in that phase in my life because I'm older and I'm you know I still got my activist spirit. But at the end of the day, hey, Rich, like you say, God don't want us back. My wife said we can roll out and have the commune. But I think that in a way, in a, in, a, in a weird way, like we owe it to America to be a part of its ultimate dismantlement. You know what I'm saying? Like we got too, we hold too many keys. We got too many pieces. You know what I'm saying? So it's weird. But I mean, listen, man, this shit was inevitable. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. All of this was happening, and we just happened to be here during all of that. So we had... I mean, we think all of those movies were the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> you know, but all of that shit was about motherfuckers, you know what I'm saying? Word. Them trying to contain the mother... Trying to contain us. Yeah. Basically, and, and us, Word. you know, well, coming like, into some... Well, like Rita said, and, my homegirl Reed, she says... Colonization is global. She's a, you are one hundred percent right about that. It ain't nowhere to run. It ain't nowhere to run. Ain't nowhere to hide. But I think that. Yo, listen, man, let me get my text. I'm gonna read the, co- the combo. Keep it going. Keep it going. Right. Right yeah. So you know, what I'm saying it's nowhere to run. It's nowhere to hide. But at the end of the day, like this particular brand of colonization right here, this particular game that they got us going on is a wrap. They got us tied up. They got us tied up. They closed down. They closed down thirty four hundred polling places overnight. <laughs> they closed down. Yeah, I heard that you. What you were saying? I said it was in uh, Kentucky. In Kentucky, they, they closed down ninety five percent. Yes, thirty seven from thirty seven hundred. So, so where do you think these uh the ones that are open? What what areas are they in? Well, where all we know is where they're not. They're not in the county where half of the state's black population lives, which is Jefferson County. And not only right. that, they have 600,000 registered voters of, of whatever race in Jefferson County. So for them right. to only have one polling station is criminal. Like, that's well, just man, ridiculous. You know what? The question is this, man. <laughs> Who is they? That's the first question. Agreed. Well, when you get right down to the days, when you get right, right down to it, they is the people who are in charge of organizing this the state's election process. That's an easily traceable line. You can go to the Secretary of State for Kentucky and who's his boss? His boss is the governor. Who's the governor's boss? Like, 
again, you know, the president, et cetera, et cetera. But Rita said something that makes sense. All of them serve money. The end of the, the end of the line is money. But at the end of the day, the people that are in charge, if the people at the top of this chain, they all are subordinates. Everyone's a subordinate to some extent. The people at the top of that chain, when they send down certain commands or certain directives, the people who are in charge of making it done, making sure it gets done, make sure it gets done. They make sure it gets done. They, they do a good job. The people who and serve, nobody has to be held accountable. It's like, you know. Yeah, who holds accountable? Like I said, who polices the police? So, you know, when you get right down to it, you know what I'm saying, this is mm-hmm. all semantic. And like right. man said, the opposition, the devil. And it's really that fucking simple, man. You can say, who are they? Well, it's this organization. It's that. It's the fucking right. devil. That's it, who it, it is. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. It's, and, it's, and, and really and truly, like I've been saying on this show and I say every day, the the enemy is capital. Yo, this shit is real. Word. The president is a Manchurian candidate. The enemy is capital, fam. The enemy is money. Money is the entire speculative tool that makes sure that these people contain their power. If, if you're in a part of the billionaire class, you have right. separated yourself from other people. You're a millionaire, even. You've separated yourself from other people. There's a poverty line. You know what I'm saying? There's there's right. different there's different stratifications here that we deal with of people, and they're all typically based on money. So right. at the end of the day, if money is the the X factor in all of this, and money, but is it really the X factor? I mean, because you see what they did to Bill Cosby or or any other black man. No matter if you got money or not, if it you know you depends on how high you get or what you got going on or what it is you say. Well, I think that that's the point that I was that's I think that's the point I was trying to get at is that money isn't even real. Like the the actual money's not backed by gold or anything. Money's not backed by diamonds or any type of natural resource. Money in the in in, in this society that we know it for real is binary code. It's it's computer code. You know what I'm saying? If you got money on a on a card, you got money. We don't even have to have cash anymore. As a matter of fact, cash is highly devalued in this society that we live in. You know what I'm saying? You can't even have enough cash to really have money in the world anymore. So money isn't real. Money is a almost like a point system. One of my favorite um, motivational speakers, this guy named Earl Nightingale, he once said that money is the is the only useful metric. Huh? I love his voice. I love yeah, I love it, old Nightingale, right? <laughs> money, he said, money is the only measuring stick that we have to measure, the useful metric that we have to measure a person's contribution to society. The more you contribute, right. the more you get. The more that you are valued for what it is that you do, the more your contribution will, I mean, your financial success will gain. Now, we all know that it's not that simple. He was talking about this in the 50s, and he was definitely speaking about this from a very idealistic white man, bootstraps, post-war mentality. But but it's real life, you know what I'm saying? In, In America, we do believe that money is the metric that you use to measure people by. That's why Jeff Bezos is you know, great. Like, people admire Jeff Bezos, not because he's an admirable guy, but because he has a hundred-something billion dollars. And I get it. I I understand. I've done the knowledge to that. But what we have to understand is... 
We what we gotta understand though is that admiring people like that and living for that example hasn't done anything for us. You know what I'm saying? We're not going to get into that. We're not going to make. We're we're not here to achieve billions in this particular society. That's not what the role they want us to play in this. Therefore, it's almost a futile exercise to chase that kind of craziness. You need to chase righteousness, chase justice. You know what I'm saying? What'd you say, Richie? You say, man, got, Bill, um, Bill got in the way I of the pipeline. And, and all of a sudden, I can't hear you. Hold on a second. No, nah, it's all cool. I'm Don't reading the comments. Yo, yeah, you saying Bill I'm got in the pipeline? I'm, I'm jump right back. I'm hit you right back. All right, back. You said Bill got into the pipeline, Rich. I, I'm totally with you. I'm totally with you. People are in the way. There's a lot of people that have gotten in the way, that had money, and they had to get out of the way. Yo, if you watch that Jeffrey Epstein Dobson, he got in the way. Like, there's people in the way, okay? And it, and it gets ugly, you know what I mean? So don't ever think, let me bring Mighty back, man, you know what I'm saying? Pull you back in here, all right? There's people that are, there are people that have gotten in the way, and when they become obstructions, they've been removed, and that doesn't have a lot to do with, like you said, money. But the fact of the matter is, again, like I said, man, the world is changing, G. The world is changing, and what are we going to do about it? Because this political system that we are so invested in, we're so a part of, man. We all want to run for office. You know what I'm saying? We all want to vote for our favorite. Uh, donkey or Republican uh, candidate, you know what I'm saying? We all want to get outside and we all want to, uh, you know, wave a, a sign and show that we're engaged politically. But what are we really going to do? What are what consequences can we visit upon those who don't perform for us politically? What can we do as a community to put ourselves in a space that we have leverage? Because it looks like we don't, man. It, do, it, do, it feels like we don't have any leverage here. Hold on. My fault. It feels like we don't have anything. It feels like we don't have anything any, anything to hold their feet to the fire using. You know what I'm saying? Other cultures do show us the answer, but I don't know if our answer is in imitating that. You know what I mean? I think about it a lot, yo. Three, man, I think about it often. I really do. Because... It's something that we're going to have to, to face, you know? Like, there are... Agreed. The answer is self-focus and self-determination. There's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of mental, you know, stress, man. This weekend was such a good release because, you know, it allowed me to kick it with my fam, my friends, man. Shout out to my brother, Kenna, man. His wife, JT, brought the boys over. You know, enjoy Father's Day, man. Enjoy life, you know what I'm saying? Enjoy love. You know, because, yo, this shit is confusing, guys. And it just gets more and more confusing and more and more stressful. So it's very important to do what you can. Strike back in the way that you can. Like, my deal is reading books and sharing information and passing on news. I'm going to watch that shit so y'all don't have to. I wasn't pr physically present to watch Trump's speech on... Uh, Saturday, I was doing something that involved enjoying my life, not watching that. But I'm glad and sad that I missed it so that I could more accurately communicate to you the ridiculousness of the whole situation. You know what I'm saying? All of this shenanigans that we watch and that we intake, it's 
It's like riddles for the wise. If you break it down, if you sit down and you sit with the information and you counterbalance that with information that you've read, information that you've ingested through lots of other sources, conversations that you've had with intelligent people, people that have had experiences that lead them to understand or see the world in different ways, that's when you can juxtapose the bullshit that the media at mainstream, at large, and the president and his administration especially are feeding us. And, yo, where do we fit into that? That's the only question I really have. I understand that the game is rigged. I understand that nonsense is very much so a part of the loop. What do we do about it? You know what I'm saying? What do we do about it? We've already, man, shout out to Wilson Brothers Armory once again. You know what I'm saying? Getting my people together all here, man. Listen, at Wilson Brothers Armory, check those brothers out, man. If you want to learn about more about firearm safety, firearm procurement, self-protection in that manner, get into that, man. Shout out to all my people. Hey, my wife, myself, all of us for our book clubs and sharing our books and sharing our information and sharing our knowledge. Man, shout out to all the organizers out there, my man Yachty and all of those folks out there putting on you know, big public demonstrations. Man, look, we just got to keep going, y'all. Man, that West Coast Port organization thing last week went greatly. Shout out to Angela Davis, Nikki Giovanni, Sonia Sanchez, all the warriors, the poets, the scholars that's still with us, that's still out here, that's still fighting, and that's still shutting shit down out here, man. You know what I'm saying? We still fight, man. Bop, bop, bop. Yo, and a big up to what? Yes, the big up to all here. Yes. One more time for that. Thank you, Rita. Definitely blessing the room. Big up to everybody that comes in and that rocks with us every day on the Core Report. It's a Monday episode. I got a minute left, yo. Man, it's been great times, man. Thank y'all so much for tuning in always and forever. Yo, we on SoundCloud. We on iTunes. We on Spotify. We doing all of that back again. You know, I got my charger, so there's no excuses. Uh, about to go play with the girls and uh, eat a little bit of dinner. Oh, man, we got pineapple ice cream. Excitement! So, yo, man, look, core report, man. Every day, live around five. Thank y'all so much, man. Big, big, big shout out to my brother, my big brother, Uncle Mighty, all the way from Harlem, NYC, doing it big. Like, everybody, keep your mind straight with all these damn fireworks, yo. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow, man. (laughs) Y'all take care. Peace. Yeah, yeah.